This is part three of middle childhood, ages six through 10. So yesterday we left off with family relations and understanding that kids of this age, they are very positive, they're eager to please, they want adult uh, attention, uh, they're eager to help with household chores, and given clear instructions, they can complete those tasks. The relationship between child and parent is very strong when parents and family members have taken the time or spend that time with them. Later on, especially in the teen years, um, you start to back away a little bit from that as, as part of that teen independence, and then it will come full circle again. Let's talk a little bit about sibling relationships. They can be very caring and nurturing to one another. They also can be kind of mean. <laughs> they can be sweet and helpful. They also can be argumentative. And some siblings can be extremely close and others will be quite strained, um, a definite moodiness, kind of like not knowing day to day how one another will be received. Some of the de developmental um, guidance techniques, um, appropriate guidance techniques are as followed. Um, they're independence, you know, yearning to have that independence, but yet needing some um, guidance and allowing some consequences to occur. It's kind of like the old saying, if you, you learn from your mistakes and if you're the type of individual that can learn from their mistakes, that shows tremendous growth. Socially, it will show growth. Cognitively, it will show growth. Instead of putting blame on everyone else, caregivers need to listen and advise and set limits and those limits are to ensure safety. There's a induction form of discipline which uses reasoning with positive reinforcement. And we saw how that was a type of parenting and it helped to create that logic. It keeps those lines of communication wide open. Um, consequences should be explained and explained in a calm and logical manner that the child can understand. Pointing out the positives, even when it's a situation that a child needs to learn from, pointing out the, the positives helps children learn to accept their behavior and to learn from their behavior. Adults model those positive attitudes towards school, towards nutrition, toward education um, and other people. So when adults model that accepting behavior, then children will accept and they become accepting of others' behavior. Peer relationships. This is where new social skills come into play and they enable children to form close um, bonds and friendship groups, friendship groups. They'll listen to the opinion of their peers and that opinion becomes highly valued. 
I'm talking about clothes and weight and height and all of those things, you'll start to see, especially as we get into nine and 10, that gravitation away from parent opinion to friend opinion. Peers are very important in the transmission of informal knowledge. So talking about fads and jokes and, uh, you know, other information, kid information and sharing uh, what they know, their knowledge. Bullying, unfortunately, um, children are very aware of the world around them and with those different personalities come into play sometimes we see those dominant personalities can be presented in a very cruel way um, kids none of us want to experience failure we want to be able to take calculated risks and we want to learn from those failures but to be put on the spot or singled out by our peers um, in that kind of negative manner, um, that's, that's a form of bullying. So at this age, um, our young kids, they start to worry about school failure. They start thinking about unknown circumstances, you know, what if, and this could happen, and they start to be so aware of just the different family dynamics if someone is ill in the family a death has occurred family problems so self-regulation if that's not learned early then it can come out in verbal and hostile ways and we know that that those are signs of a bully um, a bully is an individual that has very low self-esteem and they use that as a mechanism to build themselves up and unfortunately it's that innocent individual that takes the brunt of that and there's so many dynamics we could go into this and we could have a discussion which is one of your questions so we'll we'll discuss that as a group any and all forms of bullying can be displayed at this age. So let's talk a little bit about play. The importance of that social emotional development comes through play. So playing games, team, team sports, um, just, you know, friendly and good competition. Before this age, children may not have that interactive skill when playing in groups but by the end of the middle childhood years they have developed these tools they have that skill set so children do their best when the competition is downplayed and they're not under pressure to perform so that it, it's fun and it's welcoming and good friendly competition so organized sports need to be just that fun and their games and you're learning that it isn't the end all. That's where you see that stress starts to build up. So typical stress comes from both inside the home and outside the home. Um, those demands on, uh, on some of those organized sports 
can cause tremendous stress. Um, inside the home, divorces, remarriages, changing of living conditions. So there's a divorce and you are with one parent part of the week or one weekend or every other weekend. And then when parents remarry, there can be this overwhelming feeling of anger or sadness. Outside, it's you know, school interactions, interactions with peers, frustration in the classroom when learning might be a little more challenging. So it's very important to make sure that you're talking to your child or that your child has a positive adult in their um, in their group, somebody that can talk to him. Because sometimes it's hard as a parent, you you want your child to be happy and you, it, you know, you're doing everything you can think of, but they need to express that uh, frustration or whatever is happening to someone else that is a little more objective. And that's very normal. There are cultural and social uh, or excuse me, societal influences. And at this age, um, kids are very perceptive to that. So we're talking like media, you know, our, the media can be very educational and it can be positive. It can be a huge um, communicator between families and peers. But as we all know, it can be very negative. We have seen the impact of social media on our youth and it hasn't been in um, a positive format, unfortunately. Children can be exposed to information that they don't have the skills to handle. So kids are getting on to websites or seeing uh, Snapchat or TikTok videos that they do not have the maturity to handle. And so it's very important that caregivers monitor what children view and what they are exposed to. And when something like that happens, a parent can teach, it's a, it's a teachable moment. They can help them decipher what they may have been exposed to and understand it so they can process, process that information. Um, special needs children continue to reach out and reach uh, new physical and cognitive and social and emotional milestones. This, again, this, this age period is such an acceleration of all three of our domains. There's also different indicators at this age range of maybe some, some need. So hearing tests are usually administered and you'll, you'll, you guys are used to that in schools, like in six, uh, six, eight, 10, even I think we do this with our freshmen to detect any type of hearing problem and vision and reading tests are commonly administered. There's a, a variety of learning um, needs that we're going to talk about and that's what your project is. And so we're going to talk about those. You guys are actually going to present on those different um, special needs. And I think that's going to be really interesting for us to to just look at those and I've told you before my daughter-in-law Chelsea is dyslexic and so I, I can tell you from her perspective and maybe you have some information you can share with us 
Um, let's see. It's also this time too, where kids that have a um, giftedness or a special um, kind of ability to grasp things faster and an accelerated way of learning or um, skill in learning, that that becomes even more evident. And it isn't necessarily every area, it may just be one. So for example, we may have a child that just is accelerating in math. You know, it's not entry-level freshman math, it's senior stats, or <laughs> it's a highly accelerated level. Or maybe it's um, in their language development, their reading comprehension and their critical thinking and the ability to express that and, and analyze information in a different capacity that is above their their grade level or age level. And so some of that is easily identified in this age span as well. So that wraps up middle childhood and we will work on our projects and learn some of those common um, needs and talk about those and I'm looking forward to those projects.